0: Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every strong soldier, sailor, airman, and Marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with 3 million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. We're here to share resources and experts on topics important to you, the military family. Join us. We've got another great episode starting right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Global Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio, We know behind every strong soldier, sailor, airman, and Marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with 3 million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. We're here to share resources and experts on topics important to you, the military family. Join us. We've got another great episode starting right now. Here
1: are your hosts,
0: Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd.
1: Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I am here today and this is our romance writing special and it's so exciting for me uh, because I am a huge romance writing fan. I used to write romance in my 20s. I um, I just give my hats off to anybody who can write romance because it's not as easy as people think and um, you know... I'm so excited because very rarely do we get to talk to the romance writer, authors, and people who write uh, Christian romance and and anybody in the romance genre. And today we're going to have two, maybe three uh, guests come on and talk about their work and how they got started. And, you know, without further ado, I don't want to waste time chattering about me. I'd love to bring on um, our first guest today. Uh, Are you with us? Uh, Can you tell me? I'm sorry. I'm having trouble hearing. Anybody there?
2: Yes, this is Becky Wade,
1: and I'm here. Oh, hey, Becky Wade. Welcome to the show, because we've got Becky Wade and and Katie Lee and Jody Bailey all trying to get in. Skype is not behaving today, so we're just going to roll with it. But I'm so excited, Becky, to have you here today. And, you know, before we get into, you know, the hows and the whys and the what's, Tell the listeners a little bit about you as a person and and what brought you to
2: writing Romance. Sure, I'd be glad to. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun to get a chance to chat with you and the other authors. I began writing Romance um, because I had been a lifelong reader. I hadn't intended to begin writing Romance until after I had graduated from college with a business degree and married my husband. He and I both attended Baylor. And after we got married, we thought it would be great to spend a few years living overseas. And so his job took us to the Caribbean island of Anguilla. And the work permit restrictions there were such that I couldn't, we'd been brought there for his job. And so I couldn't work there. And I found myself with a lot of time on my hands and a love of reading and of story. And eventually, several months into that time in our lives, it occurred to me that maybe I could try writing. And I sat down and began my first manuscript after after I was married and just fell in love with the entire process. I went on for the next four years to continually write and um, receive rejections <laughs> until eventually a editor in New York City bought one of my books. And I published three books before I had kids, took time off. Um, once my oldest was born, had three children, and then came back to writing uh, in 2012 for Christian Market. Wow, that is so
1: exciting. I mean, you know, to take something that was, you know, really difficult, I think, for a lot of people and turn it into something great is
2: really exciting. Yes, it's interesting to look back. There are moments in your life where you make a decision that ends up changing everything that follows. And it's kind of fascinating for me to think about what would have happened if we hadn't lived overseas like that. And if I hadn't been in that situation, I probably would have, you know, gone right into business and become a career girl the way that I planned. And instead I've spent my professional life, you know, being a creative person and pursuing writing. That is amazing. And now how many books have you written? I've written more than I've published. I think I've now published seven. Wow. But then I have, you know, three or four manuscripts that are just languishing in my attic and will maybe never see the light of day. Although nowadays with self-publishing being such a viable option, I could release them myself if I ever have time to sit down and really give them the work that they need before I could go that route.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, I think every author, you know, I had Joel Fotinos on uh, one of my shows, and he's the... um He's the uh head of Tarcher Penguin and uh he wrote a book and it was really interesting to talk to him not only as the head of a huge, you know, multinational publishing company, but also as a um author and then as a guest on my show. And he said something really great, and I'd love to have your thoughts on it. When you talk about those, you know, ideas or manuscripts languishing around. Um he wrote something to me that said, you know, you can't fix what isn't written down.
2: Right. Yes. I think that is, um, that is a very insightful statement. I think one of the hardest parts of this writing journey, um, and you may know this having written yourself, um, at one point in your life, the hardest part is just getting something down on paper. That first draft, that rough draft is extraordinarily hard work. And once that's down, you have the liberty of going back and reworking it. Um, And really, I consider myself more of a rewriter than a writer. Most of my ability comes in that rewriting phase. But in order to get to that phase, I spent months trying to get a story just recorded down on a document so that I then have something to work with. So, yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with his statement. You know, it's it's so much writing and
1: rewriting but if you love to write like you know i i get a lot of people um i get a lot of people who ask me you know writing advice and things like that and if you don't love writing don't write like i know it's hard to publish and rewrite and then stuff you want to change and you can rewrite but if you don't love the process don't write Like, you know, people say they give me their manuscripts to read or they'll ask me to proofread their book or they'll ask me to do certain things. And then I say, well, you need to change this or, you know, in this chapter, you said it was a baby girl. And then in chapter eight, you know, you said it's a baby boy. And I'm really picky. Like I am, you know, big Mm -hmm. with continuity. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I say that and people have to go change things, uh, they get fussy with me or something doesn't make sense. And if nobody loves to rewrite but you
2: got to love to write in the first place. You certainly do. This job is um, not going to result in a lot of monetary payment for most of us, Um, and it's a lot of very humble work. You know, there's not a lot of fame or (laughs) anything like that to be had, like some people who are avid readers might think. The the joy that's in this work is in the process of writing, exactly like you're saying. You know, the satisfaction that I derive really has to be from – The work itself, because that's where I spend, you know, 98% of my time and my mental focus and energy. So if I don't find satisfaction in that, if I'm not driven to pursue excellence to the point where I am willing to make um, the rewrites that are needed and I am willing to um, do everything that I can and make sure the continuity is perfect, then this probably isn't, you know, isn't the career for me.
1: Well, absolutely, and now uh,
2: we've we've connected
1: now with Robin, who's my co host on this show. Robin is in New Hampshire, and then we also have Jody Bailey, so we're going to have some round table discussion, and we're hoping to bring Katie Lee in uh sooner rather than later. We want to thank Skype for the technical difficulties today that just want to make my hair fall out um, <laughs> but I'm going to bring on Jody and Robin uh to the discussion and uh Rob, welcome back to the show. We missed you. The yeah, yeah, I know. Segment. I'm here.
0: I've been here. It's just uh, Skype was not cooperating today. I was not getting through. So it's wonderful no. hearing you, though, and welcome to everyone. Hi, Becky.
2: Hi, thank you.
1: Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice hey, and meet we've you also too. got Jodi Jody Bailey on the line. Um, we're going to have a roundtable discussion today about romance writing. And it's, it's so important to you guys, I think, for the military family, because one of the things romance writing gives us is an escape. And uh, Jodi, I'd like you to introduce yourself. We've got about three minutes to break. Um, and okay. uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. And then we're going to come back and talk about why romance, why is it important? Well, I am
3: Jody Bailey. It's nice to meet everybody. We've been guys issues here, too. Hi, um, Becky, Robin. Um, I write military suspense for Love-Inspired Suspense, and I also write contemporary romance. Um, and I got started in it because I was a military spouse for um, 15 years before he retired with 22 years in. And so you kind of, what's in you comes out. <laughs> So that's that's how that got started. One day my agent said, "Why aren't you doing this?" And I thought, "Why not?" <laughs> and there was, and it, and it all it all comes out. So, um, I was listening. I was listening in while Becky talked, and she talked about um, um, rewriting and how you know she's a rewriter. It's true. The, the second draft is where the magic happens. First draft is just let's put something on the page and and uh, and see what happens. And it's the hard part. I agree with you 100%. Well, and it's, it's,
1: a lot of, it's a lot of work, but it's a labor of love. And, you know, I think yeah. that that's, um, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things that people don't recognize is that, you know, whether we're radio hosts or anything, we love what we do.
3: Mm-hmm. And I was, I was thinking about when you said that about if you don't love writing, don't write. Um, the first conference I ever went to, I heard Beast Murphy say, if you can quit, quit. It's not yeah. your <laughs> And so every day that's hard, I think, can I quit? Nope. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh well you know what we've got a jam-packed show today um uh and so we are visiting today with jody bailey and becky wade we are trying to bring in uh katie lee we've got uh robin boyd here today and when we come back from the break we're going to have all hands on deck and we're going to talk about romance writing and if you love to read romances like i do you're not going to want to miss this We've got lots more
0: ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
4: This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results then join the host for uncommon sense for leaders katherine carlisi every wednesday at 3 p.m eastern standard time right here on the all business radio network
5: the hound dog that participated in a 13-mile race in Elkmont, Alabama? According to Runner's World, the two-and-a-half-year-old hound dog named Ludivine was just horb-gorbling in her backyard when she heard the runners lining up for the trackless train track half marathon in the distance. Somehow, she found her way to the starting line and began sprinting alongside the other runners. According to Keith Henry, the winner of the race, Ludovine cut in front of him and the other runners several times. They had to be careful not to trip over the pooch. As it turned out, Ludovine crossed the finish line in 7th place with a time of 1 hour and 33 minutes. According to her owner, that was a pretty impressive showing for a normally scabberlatcher dog. Scabberlatcher is another word for lazy. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
4: This is God in Country. The Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology, and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on this radio network.
6: Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk
1: Radio. Ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Military Mom Talk Radio, and today is our uh, Military Writer Society of America. Oh, no, it's not. It's our romance writing segment. Rob, I'm just, God, (laughs) it's killing me. I've got, you know, I just, I'm just going to turn the show over to you. I'm not well, doing honestly,
0: that. no, no, no. You know when we we all have to go through this at, from time to time, don't we? And I got to say, it must be kind of like a writer's block. And I want to ask the gals, um, what happens if you are you've got a great uh, protagonist, you've got somebody, uh, you you kind of got a storyline, and then all of a sudden, crash! You come into a wall, and you're not quite sure where the story's going. Does that ever happen?
2: Yes, writers, this is Becky speaking, um, the writer's block is definitely part of the writer's (laughs) life, um, I try, in my case, and, and Jody can share um, kind of her techniques for dealing with it. In my case, I continue to try to press forward at the same time as I'm trying to sort of put inspiration in. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to remember why I liked the idea in the first place <laughs> during those times <laughs> I come to a point where I don't like my idea at all. Um, instead of abandoning the idea, I try to remember what I loved about it, and I might watch movies um, that have to do with – my idea, or I might watch, you know, favorite TV episodes or read books on the subject, just something to kind of put fresh inspiration in the well, because if you're only ever taking inspiration out of your creative, well, you are going to run into writer's block more often. So that's sort of how I try. I try to deal with that. I try to put inspiration in and I try to keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah. Jody, do you feel um, that you are creating a, the, a person who is this real-life person, you, you sort of your BFF as you're writing the story? And then there must be almost a sense of loss when you do kind of wrap up the story because all of a sudden this very intimate relationship that you've had with this person has now kind of come to not an end but like a, a crossroads. You, you have to put this down.
3: I like the way you said that. It is, it is like that in the way that you have this, you, they're like people and sometimes they take on a mind of their own. And it's kind of funny because I was talking about that yesterday with another writer friend that sometimes they dictate what goes on the page and you can't control it. Um, like you have to change their name or you have to because this is what they're telling you. But it is, you spend all this time, you spend months sometimes with this character, then you feel like, Um, you're invested in them, and you owe them, and their fate is in your hands. And sometimes it makes it really hard to be mean to them because sometimes they've already been through so much that you don't want to put them through anything
1: else. And, well, um, and do you ever have the situation, this is Sandra, do you ever have the situation where your characters are running away like wild horses and the the story you set down to write all of a sudden takes very different turns and it's because the characters are leading you and you kind of got to wrangle back control? All the time.
3: <laughs> That's, I send in a synopsis to my editor and she usually accepts it and she usually is aware that by the time she gets the actual story, it will look nothing like that because um, I'm very, the characters come first, and they very much sometimes will take over the story. And they're like children, and sometimes you do have to kind of rein them back in and say, okay, no, who's the boss? And sometimes <laughs> you do that, and y'all were talking about, you know, writer's block and all I goes. Sometimes if you rein them in, they just stop talking. And sometimes it's best to just follow them and see where they go. And then that's where that thing we were talking about earlier where things happen to be like, because once they're on the page, you can manipulate them any way
0: you want,
1: <laughs> just getting them there. Well, and I think that brings us back, Rob, you know, when when um, we met with the president of Torture who said, you know, you can't fix yeah. what isn't written down. And right. I'd like to introduce to this roundtable discussion on romance also author Katie Lee. So I don't know if Becky Wade, Jody Bailey, and Katie Lee all know each other, um, but... I've had the pleasure Hello. of reading Katie's book. I actually read it in the bathtub, Katie, and I read it from cover to cover, and I got pruny toes because of you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. So, Katie, well, tell us you a little bit about me. yourself. Um,
7: I live in Connecticut. I'm a New England girl. I've been here all my life. I um, started writing back in 2010. I've always been a reader, and I honestly never thought writing would even enter into my life. Um, but I was sitting on an airplane going cross country out to Oregon, and uh, an older gentleman sitting next to me kind of asked me a question that sparked an, uh, an idea in my head. And by the time I landed in Oregon, I had this whole story that I just, I don't know, I just had to put it down on paper. And I got there and I just started writing, and within three months, I had a book and um i had a manuscript and i just that and then i had had no idea what to do with it um okay. and i joined uh romance writers of america and learned i did it all wrong <laughs> but um i <laughs> i was just um just proud that i even just got to the end really you know but uh, i um worked on it and ended up selling it within a couple of years and um shortly thereafter i was uh um, offered a contract to Harlequin and I have been writing for them since and I'm tech- I'm, I'm currently writing my eighth book now. So it's, it's actually been a whirlwind. It's happened really fast. Um, and now I can put writer on my resume as well as with, as reader, but, uh, it's nice and, um, nice that I can work from home and kind of do it in my spare time. I do have three children I homeschool. So I uh, teach during the day, and I write at night, and that works pretty well here with our family, um, for the most part. Sometimes it's, you know, knocking on my door, Mom, I need something, but uh, for the most part it works pretty well. And uh, it's, um, this past year, I was quite honored that um, my second Harlequin book, Grave Danger, was nominated for a Rita Award. So I got to go to New York City um in back in July and be treated like a princess the whole week. It was really nice.
1: That is that's really about me. nice. So this is great because we've got Becky Wade, we've got Jody Bailey, we've got Katie Lee, you know, and I encourage you guys to uh go on to Amazon, to go on to, you know, their different sites. You know, you can find Becky Wade on Amazon. You can find Jody Bailey, go on to Jodiebailey.com. Katie Lee, where can we find you? com. We love that. We love that when you guys have, you know, really easy to find uh, information because, you know, romance novels are like good friends. I have my old Janet Daly's, you guys. I have her whole collection. I used to go buy them at 10 cents a piece at the used bookstore and you know I know she took her bumps and bruises you know with some oh little plagiarism issues but you know she was one of my favorite authors and I have all her original Harlequins they're all beat up you know with with broken spines um, of her state series she wrote 50 for the United States and um, I love the Calder series those were really important to me and what they were most important for and this is going to lead us girls into our next round table. Segment coming up is the escapism, the fantasy, the relief. Um, If you're under stress, if you're lonely, if you're at a duty station and there's nobody to talk to, you can pick up a great romance novel and be lost for hours upon hours. You can make new friends. I've fallen in love with our heroes, like the Calder series that she wrote. I fell in love with Chase Calder. Oh my God, he was like the prototype of the man. And whenever I was lonely or frustrated, or my kids were driving me nuts, I could, you know, climb in the bath and get into the tub like I did with Katie Lee's book and stay there for, you know, a couple hours uninterrupted, um, which was a miracle given I have two kids. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. who, of course, you know, I was late for today's show because they were fighting over spaghetti. God bless them. Um, we're visiting today with Becky Wade, Jody Bailey, Katie Lee. My name is Sandra Beck, and I'm here on Military Mom Talk Radio with my lovely co-host in New Hampshire, Robin Boyd. For those of you that missed the first half of this show or you didn't take notes on where to find these books and want to hear more about uh, the shows we offer on Military Mom Talk Radio, you can go to iTunes under Military MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com You can go to our namesake site, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com, or you can go to our host session, TogiNet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com, for this and over 200 hours of family-friendly military programming. You're not going to want to miss the second half of the show, so come back after the break. We've got
0: lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
6: If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can, with Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I dot Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living, with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. It's words you never heard.
5: Do you think engaging in small talk with prospective clients before business negotiations is a good idea? A new study from Nova Consulting Group suggests that it all depends on whether you are male or female. The study found that a little chatter by female professionals before a meeting will generally produce a positive image. But not always positive results. However, male professionals who begin negotiations with a little small talk usually glean favorable returns. This is because there is a preconception that women are already expected to be more communicative than men. And when a man makes small talk, he is perceived as friendlier and likable. But beware that babblery or gossip will only get you into trouble.
0: It's marching down.
5: I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for words.
0: We're back with more great conversation
1: on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are having our Military Mom Romance Roundtable. We've got for you today three really great uh, military romance writers um, or romance writers who have written books in the military genre, and I really, really encourage you guys to pick up uh, one of their books. We've got Becky Wade, we've got Jodie Bailey, and Katie Lee. You can Google them. You can find them. They're really easy to find, Katie Lee Books, Joliebailey.com, Becky Wade. You can go to uh, Becky Wade on Amazon, just type her name in, you'll see a bunch of different books for all of these girls. And the reason that I do a romance writing show uh, is not only I think a lot of military wives are looking for hobbies or things that maybe they could supplement their income, and writing is just a great way to do that. You know, as um, I think it was you, Katie, with the three kids, you write yes. at night yeah yep. i think yep. you know it's possible to do these things um it's you know i write and i wrote for romance in my 20s and i crammed it in around my cbs work days and uh it's very fulfilling i think um as a career to do this but more importantly there's many of you that are at duty stations or your your loved one is on deployment and you know you're kind of left to your own devices and one of the things that a good romance book does is it takes you away from your problems it brings you to a place where you can get like some mental relief and i know a lot of people say oh well romance novels are just another word for like female porn and stuff like that but they're really not and if you have not picked up a romance novel recently pick one up from becky wade jody bailey or katie lee none of these women have paid to be on today's show this is just a service that we're providing because i know you guys need relief i know you need a break in your work day um and raising your kids and i'm going to go to jody bailey first uh rob if that's okay with you yeah yeah um Absolutely. i'm going to ask her you know when you write and you think of the reader reading your book what do you hope that they will take away from your book And, Katie Lee, I'm going to you next, so be prepared. It's like a test.
3: (laughs) I think I hope, it doesn't start out this way, it it always starts out with I hope that they find, like you were talking about, the escape, because we're wired to need a hero. And and I think women are wired to need a, you know, and and we we can say, you know, any kind of hero, even if we're our own hero. And so I always try to make the women strong enough to be their own heroes and the men strong enough to be their heroes. And so I think that's one of the reasons we go there. And my takeaway that I hope that people get is that, number one, you're strong enough. Um, and then, number two, it's okay when you're not strong enough. Because I think anybody who's a military spouse, a military, um, any type of military family member, knows that there's those days when you are superwoman and you're on top of the world and you're handling everything and then there's those days when you don't even want to get out of bed because it's all just too much. And so I think what, I, what I'm what i looking is that, you know, that you're, you're strong enough and it's okay to meet a hero sometimes. And it's also nice to, um, to have the happily ever after because sometimes life doesn't and sometimes life, you know, even a day doesn't have a happily ever after at the end of the day, but tomorrow is better. But it's nice to know that when you pick up a romance, you're going to have a happily ever after.
1: That's it. That's, that's the thing for me. You know, you you're guaranteed a happily ever after. Nobody's gonna die unexpectedly. Thank you, Nicholas Sparks. You know, for making you know <laughs> <Right>. our, <laughs> in my good mood. Like I just watched this one recently where they gave us the choice of two endings, and I'm like, why would I choose to watch the Nicholas Sparks movie? Or you know, it was maybe it wasn't him, but the whole point was that yeah. you could pick where the hero dies or the hero lives. And maybe if I just had a fight with my husband, I'd want to kill off the guy. <laughs> but realistically. <laughs> (laughs) I pick up these things, these books, so they change my state. I'm going to go to Becky Wade next. I want to talk to you, Becky, about what do you hope the reader takes away with uh, your book after they're done?
2: My hope is that they close my book on the last page with the assurance that in the end, love triumphs. So My books are Christian romances, so not only is there a love story, but there's also a faith story interwoven through it. And whether it's God's love that always triumphs in the end, or whether it's romantic love between the hero and heroine that triumphs or in the case of my porter family series it's great because you're able to follow a family through many books so it's family love that you see triumphing in the end whatever it is you're able to to close the last page i hope and feel uplifted and inspired and entertained and just filled up you know in 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 that way that we all kind of need as you're talking about like on a daily basis I think that's wonderful
1: cuz Rob we all need to be uplifted and some uh of us need it more than others and it's sometimes in our life we need it more than others
0: Well I think all of us need it at in in one way or another um and I think just being able to connect with a uh, a friend in a different Uh, environment is is wonderful one of the things that i'm i'm kind of curious about too is um sort of the um the process itself if if once you begin writing you have uh sort of it's very organic or if you end up sort of outlining things and know what your ending is going to be and then have to drive the character to that end i'm wondering if if katie if you have any um Kind of thought on that. Saved by the bell. Maybe not, maybe <laughs> not Katie. Jody, may i don't know, if Jody. Uh, what Katie, about are you by? there?
1: Mm. Did we Pretty lose different. Katie? That might have. Oh, I hear some it's, rattling. Isn't this fun? This yeah. is live radio, girls. Just don't be on the air.
0: Something, yeah. Anyway, have, whoever's have, there, whoever's out there, do I have time, who, I, I'm wondering you know if the end comes before the <laughs> b- before the process is what i well, was kind of I, curious.
7: Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Is that Katie? Yes, it's Katie. Oh, Katie, okay.
0: go ahead, Katie. I'm
7: here. I'm still here. Um, I just want, at first I wanted to, I don't know if I can answer the question that the, you just asked previously about just kind of yeah. why I write and what I do um, um, I kind of what someone can hopefully come away with. When they read one of my stories. And, um, I just, real quick, I just wanted to kind of say that when I write, I hope that the reader will come away with a new way of looking at something, uh, whether it's a situation or a circumstance that they're in. Um, in my current book, I have, in Silent Night Pursue, I do have, uh, a soldier with PTSD. And, um, something that the, the, um, the heroine had to kind of understand was, loving someone even in the, ba- the bad moments, even the hard moments, you know. So uh, when I do write, that's kind of where I like to go with my stories, that the reader themselves might come away with something, uh, a new way of looking at something in their own lives. You know, it may not be something uh, they have a spouse with PTSD, but there might be something else, you know. So when I do write, I, that is a goal that I keep in my back of my mind and um, for the reader. And then you asked about uh, the process of going from yeah um, the uh, proposing a book to my publisher versus where it comes to the end. Um, and I wish I could say I could sit down and write a book without having some type of synopsis or a plot and let, let the characters tell me their story and everything. But um, in the publishing, for at least for my publishing company, they want to know the story from start to finish, even before it's written. So I do need to propose that to them. And so they have an idea who the characters are, what the plot is, uh, where it's going to go, where the twists and turns are, how it's going to come out in the end. Um, so I, I don't have the, the freedom to kind of write and let those characters just um, go off in different directions all the time. I do need to stick with um, a guide, at least, that's, I have given to my
0: publisher. And that sometimes is difficult, I would think, because you know that they want a book, they you, and that's what, back where that sort of pressure comes, and then it becomes almost a, a, a work process versus uh, an emotional process. I'm not sure um, who we, we've got right now. Uh, Becky, maybe could you answer, when you are writing... Um, are you um, are you sort of uh, aware of? And I'm, I'm I'm going into two different directions here because I want to talk about the process, but I also want to talk about um, the emotion uh, it, that that goes into it. Mm-hmm. How have you um, sort of brought some of your own life into your characters? Or are you sort of aware of other people's lives and sort of bring the things that you – like, do you go to a, a Barnes & Noble and just sit there and watch people and listen to them all day? Or does some of this really come out of your heart and your emotions?
2: Well, I think the answer is both. You know, the topic of of how each of us comes to storytelling is such an interesting topic, because as you saw from Katie's response, and then Jody's earlier, you know, all of us, every writer writes a little differently. And I don't think there's any one recipe that's going to work well for, for every writer. We're all so varied. And I think that's you know, that's wonderful. That's God's sense of diversity um, at play. In my case, I um, I do pull things from my own life. And I also am inspired by things that I hear or see um, or are told about other people's lives. So inspiration can come from a lot of different places. But what I always strive to do once I've created the characters and kind of sketched out a vague plot line, I spent a lot of time really sinking, trying to sink into their mind and their heart and tell the story honestly and genuinely from where they're coming from. So I always am um, trying to kind of wear my emotions on my sleeve or wear their emotions on my sleeve, as the case may be, um, because I think that's such a pivotal part of every writer's journey is being able to really tap into exactly what the character is feeling in any given scene. I'm nodding while
0: you I I was going to say, who else has that, that thought
1: you know what let's hold that because we've got to go to commercial break oh oh, oh, i didn't get the
0: cue i'm sorry yeah
1: no it's sorry um we've got to go to commercial break but we're visiting today with becky wade we're visiting today with jody bailey we're visiting today with katie lee now when we come back from the break we're going to talk more about the ins and outs of romance writing and we've learned how these girls got started we've learned why they write what they do and what the um you know what what the reader hopes to gain so i encourage you guys guys if you haven't picked up a romance novel since your mom's old harlequins um i encourage you to pick up one today these girls have written books that are funny they're inspiring they're the you know calgon take me away of our generation and it's really worth it um, for you guys to download their books i've loved reading them i've loved having them when we come back from the break we're going to visit a little longer with becky wade jody bailey and katie lee
0: We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio.
6: Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying, to 14 ways to get a baby to eat, and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on togynet.com.
0: We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio.
1: ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are having our Romance Writers Special, and um, this episode is always near and dear to my heart because I love romance. I love that it takes me away from my problems for a little bit, and um, it just calms me down. It makes me relax, all sorts of good things, and I fall in love with my characters, and I'm today falling in love with three authors, Becky Wade, Jody Bailey, and Katie Lee. They've written wonderful books, and they have not paid for their appearance on today's show. It's merely Robin's and my gift to you. So you're going to want to head to Amazon or to their different sites and buy their book because it is a Calgon take me away moment. Now... We're going to start with Jody Bailey, and you know what people don't realize is the process of romance writing is very funny. Um, I've had some great experiences, but I'm not going to share mine with you today. I'm going to share with you Jody Bailey. Jody, tell me a great story about something funny that happened to you in your romance writing career.
3: I was laughing earlier because somebody said they wrote their first book and had no idea what they were doing they joined RWA and I was the same way. I had no idea. I wrote a book and published it and it didn't work that way but I went to my first writers conference and in the process I was blogging about this whole journey I'm on and I had sent um, sent off a proposal to an agent and he had written me back and asked me for a full but he put a note at the bottom and said you didn't include an address, you didn't include your phone number you didn't include any way for me to get in touch with you so I had to look for you. So I had blogged about that, and I go to my first writers' conference, and I know nobody, like literally not a soul. And I go walking in this big room, and this lady comes running up to me, and she grabs me by the shoulders, and she says, Oh, my gosh, you're Jodie Bailey. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> she says, I was so hoping you would be here. I wanted to meet you. And I'm nobody. Like, I've I've—I've written one book. It's nobody, I don't even have an agent. And I'm going, okay. Why? It's a little scary," <laughs> she says. "Because I wanted to meet the idiot who didn't give her contact information <laughs> to an agent. <laughs> oh, so,
0: Yeah, I came down to earth really fast. <laughs> that is yeah hilarious. That is oh scary. gosh. Oh gosh. Beck, um, Katie, what about you, Katie Lee?
7: Okay. Well, I have I have one that's uh, I'll say, and then I've got a small little one after. But okay. So the first thing is um, when I write my books, I write. And then by the end, I finished my last chapter, and usually I'm a blubbering mess when I type the end. Um, and that's kind of my cue that, okay, I think I did it. I think the, the emotion is on the page, and if I'm crying, then the reader should be crying. And so I, um, two, books, two books ago, I finished up, and I was like, huh. Oh. And I went out in the living room, and I sat down next to my husband. I said, I'm done. I typed the end, and he looks at me and says, you're not crying. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, I'm not. He's like, get back in there. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> so go back. He made me go back and rewrite my last chapter until I came out crying. <laughs> and he's like, "All right, you're up. now you're done." <laughs> but my other thing is I can't believe I'm going to actually tell you this, but whenever I finish my book, also I read it back to myself out loud. And I don't know where it came from, if it was just kind of a the sound of my own voice was boring me, but I started to do it in a British accent. And so like ever since then, I read my, my book before I send it off to my editor, I read it in a British accent out loud. So it's kind of silly. It's my own little thing that I do, but it's just, it's just something that kind of keeps me interested in my own story that I know how it's going to end and all that. But it just, uh, kind of makes it fun.
1: But, Katie, I'm going to just chime in here because I went to Medill. Yeah. I went to Northwestern's journalism school for my undergraduate and, you know, got yeah. writing instruction from some of the best people in the world. And um, yeah. they always told us to read our stuff back out loud because yeah. you don't realize right. how stupid something sounds till you say it out loud. And not that, you know, we're exactly. in the business of writing stupid. But, you know, all of you guys have read a, a book where you get to the point and the heroine, you're just like – What is she stupid like like and it just ruins the whole book like if the or the character like and I don't remember which book this was but I remember I was so engrossed in this one book and the character the male lead called her like sugar pie honey bunch from the song lyric. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I'm like, ew, like, I didn't even finish the book. It was just such a horrible line. And, you know, we've all written horrible, stupid things. That's just part of the nature of the beast. But don't make your characters do something that people are going to throw... I literally threw the book out. I'm like, oh, God. Right. I just I couldn't yeah. recover from that line. Um, yeah. Not to yeah. put the pressure on it. But also think face. about the mechanics. Think
0: about the mechanics of just the writing process. How many times have we read something and then stopped and said, wait a minute, what did I just read? And, and what did he just mm-hmm. mean by that? And you've read it two or three times over, instead of it being such a smooth read, like Sandra sitting in the bathtub front to, front to back. Um, that was... A well-written book because you sat there and not uh and, and didn't hesitate once through that whole book so i think it, it's a dual purpose so it's certainly uh katie not uh, not an odd thing at all the british accent though is pretty fun <laughs> I, I like
1: that
2: i like that so becky wade <laughs> becky wade tell us your great story well, I can certainly relate to what Katie was saying about reading um, hers in a british accent i will often i don't I don't read mine aloud um, once I finish, but I do often sitting here alone in my house. Um, make funny expressions or read or murmur dialogue several different ways until I get the way that sounds most realistic so yes if anybody had a camera on me while I was writing um, they would they would have a plenty to laugh about but my funny story is that um, in the business of writing there's a lot of people involved in the creation of every single book, and a lot of them are at the publishing house, editors and people in marketing, and there's people that I communicate with a great deal at my publishing house, which is Bethany uh, Bethany House, and one of them is the then publicist, so this has been a few years ago, and her name is Noelle. She and I communicate very, very, very frequently. And I showed up at an annual writers' conference, and I went to the Bethany House Authors' Dinner, and I sat down at a table of people, and I turned to this darling person on my right, and I said, Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Becky Wade. And she said, Becky, it's Noelle. And it was just such an embarrassing moment because this is someone that I work with and is my colleague and friend on email. But she was in the realm of cyberspace. You know, I hadn't actually seen her in person for something like three years. And she changed her hair. In my defense, she changed her hairstyle and her color of hair. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that was my funny moment that I was just so wrapped up in my fictional world that sometimes, you know, real world relationships can become dazed to me. Well, and do you
1: guys ever like I I when I write and I write I write more Chiclet now, um, but I love to get lost in my story and there's times like I can't wait to get back to writing my story. You know, like I have laundry to do. I've got you know my company to run. I've got you know radio shows to do. I've got kids to feed, dogs to walk. Like, and I'm just I'm like I can't wait to get back to my story because it's it's probably more fun for me to write it. I enjoy it maybe even more than the writer enjoys reading it, I'm going to go to uh, Katie Lee.
7: Okay, yes. There are times definitely that I do get excited that I'm out shopping. And I know I'm like, I just want to go home, I want to, I want to sit down, and I want to write the book, and it's exciting right now. Um, and I know at that point if I'm feeling that way, that I'm heading in the right direction, that everything is falling into place like it's supposed to, and um, I'm excited to see that. Uh, those words on the page i don't get that way when i'm procrastinating when i'm more interested in cleaning my bathroom instead of writing um so when i start to feel that way then it's kind of my cue that something's wrong in the book that i need to go back first before i can go forward until i get to that point again where i'm excited to to sit down and and plow forward with the rest of the story. So that's kind of my cue. If I don't feel that way, then I know there might be something I need to kind of tweak first.
1: Okay, Jody Bailey, I'm going to go to you. What do you do when you get to that point?
3: uh, That is when those marathon writing days happen, when everything else goes to the back burner and you sit down, and it's that magical day when you write, you know, eight or ten thousand words because you started when the sun came up and you didn't quit till the sun went down and you're cold and you're tired and you're hungry. <laughs> and um it just it doesn't happen very often like that. Um, especially for me. Um every day it's like I'm ready to get back and get working. Um but those days where you're just lit up and on fire, um, you know, those are the crazy good days. And I wish they were every day because I could write a book in a week. (laughs) What do you do
1: when you can't write? Like, and then I'm going to go to Becky Wade. We've got about three minutes to the end of the show. What do you do when you can't write? When it doesn't come, doesn't flow? Mm -mm. Becky, Becky, let's go to Becky Wade. Becky, what do you do when you're in the flow and when you're not in the flow?
2: Well, like the other ladies were saying, you know, when you are excited about writing, when you're loving your story world, there's nothing better. I I liken it to, you know, being a boogie boarder. And when you catch a big wave, you try to ride that wave of enthusiasm for as long as you can, because like they were Mm -hmm. saying, you might come back the next day and not feel so enthusiastic. So I think the joy in it is um, getting to live in that fictional world, getting to really um, just enjoy all the emotion and the imagination and the magic of creating all these characters and this love story and just the fun of that. And, and when you can stay in touch with that, that fun, that magic, um, then you're really in your wheelhouse. You're riding your wave. Mm-hmm. That's really I awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, um, does anybody have audio books
2: uh, real, real quick? Does anybody have their book and audio? I have these G no. minor all minor minor all available um in audio yes
0: Oh, that's that's fabulous. Um, you know, I think so many times when we have either the, the the few minutes we have to jog or the few minutes we have uh, that we're commuting in the car, those those can be helpful. But th- there's the other time when just sitting down with that book in the bathtub, <laughs> like Sandra said, <laughs> that's really got to be it. We uh, all of us listeners and Sandra and I all have uh, three great brand new best friends. I think uh, Jody Bailey, Becky Wade, and Katie Lee, we are so grateful for you to be with us, to share your thoughts and your thought processes, because I think there's always that wonder after uh, you pick up a book and you say, oh, am I really going to connect? Uh, and I hope everybody does connect with KatieLeeBook.com. Becky Wade, you can find on Amazon, jodybailey.com, and uh, we hope that all of you out there find the time. You know, it's amazing what a few minutes here and a few minutes there, it's going to refreshen your uh, attitude and your, I don't know, even your posture. You're just going to smile a little bit more, and you're just going to have that that little glow. Join us next week. We've got Lori Shemet coming, uh, author of Fat Flammation, and you have heard her before. We'll have her again next week. Take care. Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, militarymomtalkradio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation.